gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the Spread Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread once again on this weekend's college football, albeit short, and NFL football cards. And, Victor, with that, welcome back to the show once again this week, and we're right on the heels of the final rankings of the college football playoff pairings here. Those are all locked and set, as are all the college football bowl matchups. Before we get down into the show, I'd like to get your take, Victor, on what you thought of the final college football bowl pairings this year. Well, this is definitely a busy week for us in, in addition to our normal duties with the playbook newsletter, the midweek alert newsletter, the totals tip sheet. This is the week that we put out the bowl stat report from playbook. We're going to have that out uh, available this week. Of course, we spent a lot of time on it. This is one of the publications that... Uh, we are very, very proud of, and of course, uh, I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to get their copy of the bowl stat report. You know, there was no change in the uh, playoff uh, rankings. You still got the Clemson, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oklahoma. In terms of the uh, bowl matchups, there are some good ones out there. There are some stinkers out there as well. I think we're probably all in agreement that the two games that the most people are looking forward to are the semifinal games, the Cotton Bowl with Michigan State, Alabama, the Orange Bowl with Oklahoma and Clemson. But a couple of the other games that are exciting to me, I think this Fiesta Bowl lines up to be a great, great game on New Year's Day with uh, Notre Dame taking on Ohio State. I think the Rose Bowl looks especially attractive this year with Stanford taking on Iowa also on New Year's Day. And I'm also looking forward to the day after that. The Alamo Bowl looks great, too, with Oregon taking on TCU. And, you know, if this were, this could have been a case where these two teams, they could have made it to the Final Four if not some uh, uh, injuries. You know, Oregon losing Vernon Adams Jr., TCU losing uh, Trayvon Boykin for a while. If they had remained healthy for the entire season, these two teams, Mark, they may have been facing each other in the playoffs, uh, at least though that both are expected to be fully healthy for the Alamo Bowl, and it definitely should be one of the more entertaining games to watch as you're talking about a couple of offenses that have combined to score uh, 85 combined points per game. Exactly, Victor. I think the pairings were really, really attractive uh, from a handicapper standpoint. And while you, there are some weak pairings, it had to be because there's 40 bowl games this year. Absolutely unbelievable. 40 bowl games on tap involving three teams with losing records for the first time ever. I think something needs to be addressed about that. I don't know what reward there is in having a losing campaign and being rewarded with a bowl game at season's end, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in depth next week when we get into the first round of our college football bowl extravaganza on the show here. And if there's one other bowl game I think that may have a little bit of intrigue to it might be the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, which will be kicking off on December 19th, the first weekend of the bowl games. That's a nice pairing between BYU and Utah, two football teams that know each other really rather quite well, and they'll be getting their differences settled in Las Vegas in the Las Vegas Bowl. So all in all, quite an attractive card. And as Victor mentioned, we're working on the college football bowl stat report that will be available Wednesday, December 16th, anytime after 
6 p.m. Eastern, so you can download a copy of the College Football Bowl Report Wednesday, December 16th. If it's done or any earlier, we will, for certain, post it on the website, let you know. But right now, we're knee-deep into getting all that work done, and there's a ton of valuable information to be found in the College Football Bowl Stat Report, which, by the way, had an outstanding uh, record last football season here. On uh, Every football selection play that was made in the College Bowl Stat Report, we were 26-12 and 12 on all the sides, a perfect 3-0 on the best bets. Do yourself a favor, download a copy or at least get your reservation in for the College Football Bowl Stat Report now and simply log on to the website at playbook.com. Go into the store and secure your copy of the College Football Bowl Stat Report in time for the 2015 College Football Bowl games right around the corner. Before we move it over to the NFL side of things, Victor, one other comment I had in the College Football Final playoff rankings is that is this is that uh amazingly you looked at the first poll that was took place this year and you found clemson number one alabama number four michigan state number seven and oklahoma was number 15 a lot like ohio state the year before when they mm-hmm. were in a similar position and worked their way into the final four and uh, the team that dropped the most from the first ranking was LSU, who was the number two team. They fell to the 20th slot uh, in the ball rankings this year. And there were a total of five teams that fell completely out of the rankings, those being Memphis, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, UCLA, and Toledo. They worked their way out of the top 25. And one uh, a sidebar note here is when I was looking over in the USA Today of the coaches and their vote and how they voted uh, for the final poll ranking, there was one coach amongst all the coaches that had Michigan State number three, Iowa number four, and Oklahoma number six in those rankings. And uh, kind of a, alone on an island by himself. But uh, let me ask you, Victor, who you guess might have done that, ranked Michigan State three, Iowa four, and Oklahoma number six? Put well, off the, the top of my head, there. I don't know. I would uh, think maybe, maybe some sort of a Big Ten coach. Exactly right. It was a Big Ten coach, and it was Jim Harbaugh, if you will, from Michigan, ah. showing his allegiance <laughs> to the Big Ten Conference. So he, he, I think he won uh, his admiration a little bit for the Big Ten uh, society there, if you will, uh, when he put Michigan State number three, Iowa number four, and Oklahoma number six. Uh, I wouldn't want to be on Oklahoma being on a Michigan schedule here shortly if they were playing each other. But nonetheless, uh, Harbaugh has a mind of his own, and he, that was his final rankings here. I thought it was really quite an interesting sidebar note, if you will. You know, Mark, over, since, sorry, hold ahead. on a second. Since you're talking yeah. about Oklahoma, let me just throw this in as well. It looks like the Big 12 is being a little bit proactive as well. You know, last year they kind of got screwed by not having a championship game, and it actually kind of helped them this year with Oklahoma uh, retaining their spot because they did not play last week. But they're being a little proactive. They just announced, you know, of course, we record the show on Wednesdays, and they announced yesterday, the Big 12 uh, specifically announced that it's going to require their members to schedule at least one game from another Power 5 conference every season or Notre Dame. And they also mandated that their members play no more no more than one game annually against an FCS opponent Going forward, obviously, uh, schedule strength is a key component in the college football playoff selection committee deliberations, and they're taking steps now that they don't have a championship game to at least increase the strength of their schedule. And, of course, the new rule won't impact future games already scheduled 
But if a Big 12 school has an opening on a future schedule and it doesn't already include a Power 5 opponent, they may have to add a Power 5 team. I think the rule figure is to basically probably have the greatest impact on Baylor, uh, kind of telling Baylor to, hey, no more cream puffs. Let's get with the program and increase that schedule strength. I agree with you, Victor. I think it was a great move on their part, and I think it will also perhaps be a precedent-setting move because it wouldn't be surprising to me to find the rest of the Power Five conferences vote amongst the same thing about themselves, right. doing just the same thing that the Big 12 conference did, and it was the Big 12 that I think needed to do that, as you say, because they don't have a college conference championship game, so they needed to bolst, bolster their stock, if you will, and I think that was a wise move on their part. Yeah. We'll see wh- whether or not the rest of the Power Five conferences implement the same action, perhaps maybe even as early as next year. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Let's move over to the National Football League side of things, where we enter now into the stretch drive, the final four weeks of the NFL football season, and quite a playoff race is going on right now. You're taking a look at the playoff picture here right now. Right now, if the playoffs were to begin this weekend, the two teams from the AFC would be Cincinnati and Denver, holding the bye weeks in week number one, with New England, Indianapolis, Kansas City and the Jets running out the wild card seeds. Those teams that are on their heels that are still alive that you might want to watch coming down the stretch playing for wild card playoff positioning include the likes of Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Houston, and Oakland. On the NFC side of things, if the playoffs were to begin this weekend, you would find Carolina and Arizona both with bye weeks this weekend. With Green Bay, Washington, Minnesota, and Seattle, the wildcard teams, and nipping at their heels would be the Tampa Bay Bucks, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and the New York Giants. So just a quick re- uh, review, if you will, of the playoff picture as it exists right now. Now, it's always wise to take a look at that playoff picture when you're handicapping games coming down the stretch. And talking about down the stretch, there's an article that I posted on the playbook.com website in the betting tools section about the NFL football coaches and their records, their career records in games during the final four weeks of the season. It's another invaluable tool that you can use when handicapping games the final four weeks of the NFL. FL season. With that being said, Victor, I'm going to hand it off to you. I know you mentioned before we got on the air here that there's been some uh, interesting over-under totals that you've seen as far as win-loss records have gone and worked their way throughout the 2015 football season this year as well. Right. I'm also interested to hear from Andy uh, how the books did on Sunday in the NFL. If you're a dog player, it was not a good uh, weekend. The, the underdogs went 5-10-1 against the spread, a big week for the chalk in the NFL. And in terms of totals last week, nine overs, seven unders after the 13 weeks of the NFL season, there have been 93 overs, 95 unders, four ties, basically split right down the middle. Uh, if you're looking for what has perhaps been the best over situation in the NFL, it would be AFC Conference non-division games. Uh, this has been a high-scoring pattern all season long. These games went 2-1 and one over the weekend with over winners in the Houston-Buffalo game and in the uh, Indianapolis-Pittsburgh game. They've now gone 27-11-1 on the season. That's 27 overs, 11 unders, one tie. And again, that's specifically AFC Conference games, but non-division AFC Conference games. Uh, we got a couple more of those games uh, playing out this weekend. One of those games we're going to talk about uh, in our NFL uh, Game of the Week segment, 
So we're looking forward to that by far. And again, the the non-conference games, the AFC playing an NFC team, if you remember two years ago when we talked on the show, these games went over the total uh, regularly, going, what, 76% over for the season. They continued their hot under run this season. And like everything, it all comes back down to that you know meaty part of the curve. The non-conference games have now gone 17-33-2 on the season. They've gone under the total 66% of the times. So obviously you can say goodbye to that great over pattern of two years ago, and hopefully people have jumped aboard the fact that uh, these games are now pretty solid underplays, and we've got four of those such games going this weekend, four of the non-conference games. Of course, I'm not going to be going under in all four of them, but I probably certainly won't be going over the total in any of them. So some interesting numbers in regards to the uh, over-under. One more quick note in regards to the over-under, and in fact, uh, in terms of an underdog as well, uh, that uh, Thursday night game last week, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, uh, it was a double whammy for me, Mark. Uh, Detroit was my uh, two-star best bet in the Playbook Wise Guy contest, plus the points against Green Bay. And our service, our King Creole service, had a three-star play on under the total. And that freaking Hail Mary at the end of the game, that absolutely destroyed Detroit backers. It destroyed underbackers. And for me, it definitely gets the award for the bad beat of the year. Detroit was the play. The under was the play. You saw what happened at the end of that game. Here we are, what, six days after the fact, and I still got a bad taste in my mouth. Did leave a bad taste on a lot of people's mouths, Victor. There's no question about that. We called it the heave for the heavens, the throw by Aaron Rodgers, and quite a play it was, but unfortunately left us on the wrong side of both sides of that football game. But nonetheless, we'll pick it up, move on forward to this this week in the National Football League and see if the underdogs can't fare a little bit better than they did last week. Stay tuned, don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to delve into our college football game of the week, the Army-Navy football game on Saturday. We'll break that down, along with a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread after we come back after this brief message. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today attention all serious football fans if you follow the best football newsletters in the nation now you can get them all at the all-new playbook newsletter superstore one visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation including the gold sheet Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. It's time once again for our weekly college football game of the week segment. With that, we go to the Saturday football showdown, the military rival between Army and Navy. Victor, your take on this big Army-Navy football clash this Saturday. We talk about it every year, Mark. It was a good move, you know, a few years ago to move this battle to a stage all of its own. Unfortunately, it hasn't been much of an actual rivalry for years. And the college football odds uh, kind of suggest that uh, this will continue at least this season. Navy opened up, what, 20-and-a-half-point favorite. And by the end of Sunday night, almost all the uh, odds had the midshipmen up to the current number of 22 or even 22 and a half in terms of the total. It opened at 55 points. Uh, that has plummeted. The last time we looked, it was down to 51 and a half. Obviously I'm not surprised by that line move at all either. And uh, in terms of uh, the results for the season, these two teams are basically pretty much reversed. Navy comes in 7-4 over under on the year, uh, 37.5 points per game on offense. They allow only 21.7. 59.2 is your average in Navy games this season. Army comes in averaging 51 points combined in their games, 22.5 on offense. They allow 28.5 on defense. Uh, Army's offense is down about Oh, about three points compared to last year from 25 to the current number of 22.5. Defense is a little better this year for Army. They allowed 33 points per game last year, 28.5 this season. For the midshipmen, their offensive numbers are up slightly this year, about five points per game, 32 last year to the current number of 37.5 this season. And there's been some defensive improvement on Navy as well compared to last year. Uh, As last year, they allowed, what, 27 points per game. They're down to 21.7 on the season, this one as well. For Navy, a very solid 9-2 record, 8-3 against the spreads. It's, you know, probably their best squad since 2004 when the Paul Johnson team went 10-2. Navy's only losses this year were to bowl participants, Notre Dame, and Houston, so a, a very, very good year for Navy. Of course, we talked about them numerous times as they made it to the uh, top 25 and had a very, very good first year as a conference-affiliated team there in the American Athletic Conference. In terms of the total, uh, the side marked, you know, 22 points, we're going to let you take care of that aspect of it. But obviously, the play in this game, or the better option in this game, if you will, uh, pun intended in terms of option is obviously the under. Uh, Each of the last nine meetings have gone under the total. We've talked about this game every year in our podcast for, what, the last six or seven years. I know I wasn't uh, doing a podcast last year as I was recuperating from my uh, heart issues. But if I was on the show last year, I would have said go under the total, and we're going to tell you to go under the total again this year. And you're going to want to get your action as soon as possible. It's no it's no surprise the over-under line has dropped four points in this game. The average line in this series, 51.8. And that falls right in line with this week's number of uh, the current number of 51.5. Average score between these two teams in the last nine meetings, only 36.5. So not only is the under a good play, 
but the under consistently wins by double digits or more. The average Army-Navy game has gone under the total by 15.3 points per game. Uh, since 2006, Army's averaged only 9.7 points per game against their chief rival. Uh, the Black Knights, uh, they move the ball you know, pretty good at times, but once they seem to reach like the Navy 30-yard line, uh, it, it seems like a brick wall comes up there and they have a very, very difficult time actually reaching the end zone. This uh, midshipman defense that I touched on very briefly, having more speed than uh, recent predecessors, having a better defensive year than last season, and the fact that they are extremely familiar with their opponent's style of offense, uh, unless there are some major breakdowns. It's kind of hard to imagine Army breaking the 14-point barrier in this game. Based on the point spread and the over-under line, the predicted score is Navy 36.5, Army 14.5. Again, we'll let you take care of the side play, Mark, but obviously this is a game in which we always go under the total, and you're going to want to get your action in while the number is still in the low 50s because there's a good shot it'll get down to uh, 48 and a half, 49 points once we get to that kickoff on uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, the game at Lincoln Financial Field. It's a no-brainer play, Mark. Navy, Army, under the total like we play every year. Victor says go under the total in the Army-Navy game as we do each and every year in this football game. 15.3 points on the total to the under. Great stat by Victor King in the contest here. A matchup of two running football teams here, both coming into this contest. This is a military revenge dog situation here for the Army as they dress up in this football game. And in fact, in our database, we went back and we looked at all military teams that are underdogs of 20 points or more on the blind since 1980 with a heavy volume of plays. These plays have cashed 67% of the time and in fact are on a 14-4-1 winning run of late. Those are 20-point military dogs in any football game or situation here. One common opponent that I want to bring up amongst these two teams this year was the Tulane football game that Army and Navy each played in. From our midweek alert, we noted that Army lost the game to Tulane by five yards in the stats on the playing field, whereas Navy lost that game by 95 yards in the stats on the playing field, both when hosting Tulane in those football games. Navy comes into the contest here, the number 21-ranked team in the final college football playoff rankings here. Quite a job by the Navy, the midshipmen here, in their first year of conference affiliation play, where they finished second in the AAC this year. However, we always, like Victor says, he always goes under this Army-Navy football game, and I always go against football teams at this stage of the season that have a bowl bid in their back pocket and are playing yet a regular season game to close out the season. That's the case for Navy, who will be going bowling once again this football season here with that bowl bid in their back pocket. And to wrap it up here, my final contention here is that Hitting on the subject of dogs of 20 or more points, those teams that rush the ball for 245 or more yards a game average on the season are 20-5 and five against the spread when they're playing on back-to-back losses, also 15-2 and two to the spread within that when they're playing with revenge. Army dresses up and meets all that criteria as that particular dog of 20 or more who rushes for 245 or more. Grab the points with Army in what I foresee being another low-scoring football game, the 20-plus for Army, 
puts me on the Army side of this football game this Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League Game of the Week. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and check with Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. We're going against the spread in this week's NFL and college football cards. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week on tap this Sunday when we take on an AFC conference matchup when the New England Patriots journey to Houston to take on the Texans. Victor, your take on this big showdown game between the Patriots and Texans this Sunday. Well, we teased the game a little bit in our opening segment when I was talking about uh, some of the uh, better over situations this season in the NFL uh, the one that really jumped out at me when I was doing this week's totals tip sheet was the fact that AFC Conference non-division games like this one have gone 27-11-1 on the season. 71% of these games have gone over the total. Obviously, you can tell which way we are leaning in this game. New England is what laying three points on the road in this particular game. The over-under line opened at 44.5. It's been pretty steady on that number, although I'm showing signs today on Wednesday morning as we record the podcast that the line's going to make a move upward. There's a couple of sports books that have bumped it up a half point to 45. So if you do care to join us on this Sunday night game over the total, you're probably going to want to get your play in as soon as possible. One guy who I do know is going to be joining us on this game over the total and that's our man, Al Michaels of NBC TV. He loves playing his Sunday night games <laughs> over the total. And once again, Al had another one of those sly remarks last Sunday in the Steelers-Colts game 
Uh, that game was our King Creole four-star over of the weekend. Hey, we'll be the first to admit we got lucky in that one because it took a special team Steeler touchdown for that game to go actually over the total. In this case, it was an Antonio Brown punt return touchdown with about four minutes to go that put the game over the total. But anyway, Al Slimer Mark, hey, this game is over in more ways than one. I caught it. I rewound it. I played it for my wife. She even uh, got a kick out of that play as well. Touche, Al. We absolutely love your sly references to the <laughs> over in the Sunday night games. Now, we got a you know pretty uh, pissed-off Patriots team here. Uh, and as I mentioned, 27-11 and 1 for AFC Conference non-division games. These games have gone a perfect 10-0 and 0 to the over this season when the road team is favored like the Patriots are. Uh, and speaking of the Patriots, they suffered a rare home defeat to the Philadelphia Eagles last week. That knocked a lot of people out of their respective survivor pools. Since the 2008 season, the Patriots have gone a perfect 6-0 and to the over off a home loss in game 14 or less of the regular season. And we can't ignore the fact, Mark, that these two teams have played each other six times since Houston came into the league in 2002. And guess what? Every single one of those games have gone over the total. Average line in Patriots-Texans games, 45.2. Average combined points, 56.8. So we're talking the average game has gone over the total by double digits. Both of these teams uh, are skewed over teams on the season. New England is 7-5 and five over under. Average points in Patriots games, 51.8. They've done even better on the road. 4-1 and one to the over in their five road games this season with an average of 55.2. Even Houston's been a decent over team. They've gone seven overs, four unders, one tie on the season. Average points in Houston games, 43.1. Obviously, Mark, you know which way we like in this game. And again, remember, the lines in the primetime games – particularly over-under lines, they tend to go up a point or two on game day. So, again, lock in your play now. Get it at 44.5, get it at 45, because there's a good shot this game uh, hits, what, 46, maybe even 47 points. Once we get to that Sunday night kickoff at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, of course, this is a flex game. It was originally scheduled to be 1 o'clock, but NBC removed the originally scheduled night game, which was Baltimore, Seattle, and they flexed this one in a couple of weeks ago. So it should be a great, great night game. And we're going over the total, Patriots and Texans. Victor goes over the total in the Sunday night primetime game between the, the Patriots and the Texans for his side in the football contest. New England comes into the game off back-to-back straight-up favorite losses, a really rather rare occurrence, if you will, for the Patriots in this particular role. In fact, I looked at my database, looked at Bill Belichick and his career in games off back-to-back straight-up favorite losses. He's happened to him four times in his career. He's gone 4-0 and straight-up and 3-1 and to the spread in this particular situation. The bad news for the Patriots, aside from their rash of injuries that they take onto the playing field with them, is the fact that they're 1-7 in the spread on the road between home games when they're playing in a non-division contest. For the Houston Texans, who are also in the wild card chase, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, they've had a pretty good record as home dogs. You go back and you look at them, 14-8 and eight to the number. The last 22 tries as home dogs for the Houston Texans. They struggled a bit in the series against New England, though, just 1-4 and four to the spread. 
Also inside of our database, we looked at Sunday night football teams. We have a database of just Sunday night football games. And in those games, we note that home dogs on Sunday nights that are playing against an opponent that's off a loss are just 2-13 and 13 straight up and against the spread are these Sunday night home dogs. Where I would normally knee-jerk to Houston in a home dog attractive-like situation, I can't do it because of the Bill Belichick numbers, the Sunday night home dog number, and you also want to toss in another Bill Belichick number. Try this one on for size. In his career, away off a loss with New England, Bill Belichick 23-7 and seven straight up, 24-6 and six to the spread, including 21-2. and two when he's taking on a 500 or better opponent. I can't fade numbers like that. I'll have to side with the New England Patriots against Houston for my side in the Sunday night football game on NBC TV this week. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now to check in with the Vegas vibe to find out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas this week. We'll join with our good friend Andy Isco from BeLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you in Las Vegas this time Mark, of the year? everything's going great. We're all set for what will be the final quarter of the NFL season. A lot of things to be determined. Uh, we've already had our first clinching of a division with Carolina. Teams being eliminated, unfortunately, with your Cleveland Browns, although that was pretty much a foregone conclusion. So a lot of exciting and, most importantly, important football coming up over the next four weeks. There certainly will be. Uh, we highlighted this uh, a little bit in the Playbook newsletter about our NFL coaches down the stretch and how coaches fare in games in their final four games of the season in an article that I outlined on the Playbook website, taking a look at these coaches coming down the stretch. It'll be a great time of the year. There's no question about that because these playoff races look to be wide open at the particular moment here. And also, Andy, I noticed opening up a little bit was a gap in the Superbook contest last week. It appears that one of the leaders had a good week and the co-leader did not. Yeah, we're actually starting to see uh, uh, a little bit of separation. We thought we were going to see it a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, we've not yet uh, been able to get any clear leader. Uh, of course, uh, they were unable to, to um, maintain the pace that they had earlier, but the leader last week went 4-1 and one for a record on the season now through 13 weeks or 65 selections of 45 winners, 17 losers, and three pushes. And, of course, the contest uses the point system, a, win, a, a point for a win, half point for a a push. 46.5 points is what the leader has. That works out to 71.5% of the possible number of points, which is still pretty, very good out of uh, after uh, 13 weeks. Uh, the top 50, in order to be cashing, you've got uh, 15 people tied for the final three paying places of uh, 48, 49, and 50, and those uh, contestants are hitting 40 points thus far. That's 61.5%, so uh, even just hitting 60% this year thus far would not have you in the money, but would wouldn't have you far behind. So it sounds like uh, the pack may be getting closer and closer to the final finish here, although the leader did pull away a little bit. How overall did the consensus make out last week, Andy? I know it was a bad week for uh, underdogs, if you will. If you were a favorite player here, I think they feared rather well in the contest. How did the consensus work out in the contest last week? Yeah, by the way, just, just to uh, update your point there on the leader, the leader now has a two-point lead, 46.5 for the leader, 44.5 for second, and you've got three people, uh, three contestants at 44. So pretty tightly punched, but still a little bit of separation, unlike what we've seen in the, the first part of the season. As far as the consensus goes, through 12 weeks, uh, they were 32, 26, and 2. The consensus did go 3 and 2 last week. Uh, the consensus was on actually four underdogs and one favorite, although 
uh, keep in mind that last week we saw quite a number of low-priced games, games in the neighborhood of four points or even a field goal or less. For the season, the consensus is now 35 28 and 2. That's a total of 36 points in the contest out of a possible 65. That puts the consensus at 55.4%. But as we've documented over the past month or so, following a 15 and 5 start for the consensus over the first four weeks, the consensus has had a losing record over the succeeding nine weeks. And that, that uh, nine week record uh, is now a total of uh, uh, nine, uh, excuse me, 20, 23 and two over the last 45 picks, uh, but still 55.4%. If you blindly followed the consensus this year, you'd be up a few units. So the consensus barely hanging on here right now. Looks like they're having a tough time coming down the stretch as well. A little bit of an overview of what's happening inside the Superbook contest from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And Andy, before I hand it over to Victor, I know he's got a question that he'd like to ask for you on the show this week. Talk about the line moves that uh, were sent out by Jay Cornegate in the Superbook contest last week. Uh, my first overview of those line moves is I don't see a lot of dramatic changes in the lines. What's your take on that line set that Andy, uh, that uh, Jay Cornegate sent out last week? Well, there are a couple of moves that are interesting, and of course, let's preface this by saying there's a long-held handicapping concept that we teach everybody, don't overreact to what you just saw. And yet, throughout the season, we've seen significant adjustments in the opening line from the line that was posted 10 days ago. prior to the game being played, and then the reaction to the most recently played game. So we're seeing a lot of reactions for uh, events other than, say, significant like quarterback injuries. In fact, I'll take a look. The first game, uh, Minnesota at Arizona on the Thursday night game that was played, Arizona had opened a five-and-a-half-point favor. When that game got reposted, it was up to eight-and-a-half at the start. That's one of the more dramatic moves. A little bit of a less dramatic move, the game that will be played Sunday, Buffalo at uh, Philadelphia. Of course, both teams coming off of nice wins against decent teams, especially Philadelphia's win, although may not have been as pretty as it looked on the scoreboard. The Bills were one-point road favorites prior to last week. After the results of both teams winning, Philadelphia opened the one-point favorite, yet it didn't take very long for the public to go back and say Jay's opening number last week was correct, and Buffalo went right back to a one-point road favorite. Kansas City, San Diego. Kansas City beat uh, uh, Oakland last week. San Diego was losing at home to Denver. Kansas City had been a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite prior to last weekend when the Lions came up Sunday afternoon after Sunday's action Kansas City adjusted all the way up to a 10.5 point favorite that settled back down a little bit to just minus 10 but that's still more than a field goal adjustment based upon one week's results. New England at Houston a pretty interesting uh, situation there. Prior to last week's action the Patriots were a 4.5 point road favorite. Of course New England suffering its second straight loss uh, to Philadelphia. That loss coming at home Houston going on the road losing Losing as a small underdog in a competitive game to Buffalo, pretty much as expected. Houston, excuse me, New England had been a four and a half point road favorite when the Lions came out Sunday afternoon. New England down to a three and a half point road favorite, and the early money came in to send New England down to a solid three point road favorite. And finally, the Miami Dolphins, New York Giants Monday night game. Prior to last week's action, the Miami Dolphins were a pick'em against the Giants. Giants lose, uh, lose at home in overtime to the Jets. Miami squeaks out a win against Baltimore in a very dull football game. The line came out with Miami a slight one-point favorite, perhaps due to the fact that the Giants continue to have difficulty maintaining leads in the fourth quarter, but that didn't stop the the public from saying that line doesn't look right. The Giants very quickly became one-and-a-half point road favorites, at least by midweek, for that contest Monday night in Miami. 
That's an overview of the moves that have happened this week in Las Vegas from Andy Isco of TheLogicalApproach.com. I encourage our listeners to download a copy of Andy's weekly Logical Approach football newsletter for insight, valuable insight that you'll want to have as a tool in your handicapping arsenal this week. And with that, Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show as well. Absolutely. I just wanted to get Andy's impression of the uh, last weekend overall in both college and in the NFL. You know, November was this fantastic month for underdogs and unders, particularly in the NFL. And of course, with the public's tendency to be playing a lot of favorites and a lot of overs, uh, I would imagine the month of November was probably one of the best sports book months that we've seen in years. But Andy, I would probably think that they gave back some of those November profits over the weekend, you know, in college football in the conference championship games, favorites went four, two and one. And in the NFL, over the weekend, favorites went 10-5-1. and one. There was even more overs and unders. So your impression, Andy, did the uh, sportsbooks give away some of those November profits? Well, in a, in a sense, yes, overall, the large number of games, but really not to a great extent when you consider that some of the teams that lost early on Sunday, let's say in the NFL, uh, the Chicago Bears losing outright to the uh, 49ers, that busted a lot of money line parlays, a lot of teaser plays as yeah. well uh, that uh, the public likes to bet. And then later in the afternoon when you had New England lose outright to Philadelphia, those people who came back and rebet them or may have had uh, escaped the early uh, morning losses by I say a team like Chicago, uh, those uh, parlays and uh, teasers went down. Those money line parlays, etc., went down. On, on Saturday, uh, the public did pretty well with the favorites uh, uh, winning a number of those games. But then again, you had the big game with Alabama in the middle of the afternoon where they were unable to hold the lead. And, of course, Alabama being a very public team uh, cost a lot of, uh, uh, of people money in that one when Alabama gave up that, uh, that late touchdown to, to Florida. Uh, in the late-night games, the public did generally pretty well because you had Clemson, but then again, you had that uh, Michigan State Ohio State game and uh, Michigan State Iowa game. Excuse me. I'm just thinking because if Woody and Bo would have been so proud of the way Michigan State engineered that last drive. In fact, uh, coaching clinics probably for the next 50 years will use that drive as part of their film session as to how you run out the clock and how you position yourself for a game-winning score. Uh, nonetheless, that game lands on three. There were people early in the week who laid two and a half with Michigan State. There were people who throughout the week were able to take plus three, plus three and a half. Uh, with Iowa, and so the books refunded a lot of money and paid off some Michigan State people and paid off a lot of Iowa people at that plus three and a half. So overall, the books did not get hurt all that much because of where some of the key decisions fell. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, Andy's overview on the college football championship games last week. And Andy, before I let you run off here, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play this week. I'm going to go to the key AFC North game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Cincinnati's been a very uh, surprised team this year as far as their consistency goes. And, of course, as we've remarked throughout the year, we won't really maybe conclude anything, make any judgments or conclusions on Cincinnati until they make to the playoffs and finally win a game. But this seems to be their best chance at doing so based upon just how they play this year. They rebounded from back-to-back losses that followed an 8-0 start with routes of St. Louis and Cleveland the past two weeks out 
outscoring those two teams 68 to 10. In fact, the Bengals have had five, have held five of the last six teams that they faced to 10 points or less while also holding five straight foes to under 95 rushing yards. And if you can uh, limit your uh, uh, foes' ability to run the football, you do a lot of things very well. Uh, Pittsburgh's been a scoring machine over the past month. They scored at least 30 points in four straight games, but they've also allowed 35 and 39 points in two of those games. Now, the first meeting between these teams, Cincinnati uh, won in Pittsburgh 16-10, to and Cincinnati right now 10-1-1 ATS this season, which is impressive, but even more impressive – they're beating the point spread by an average of just uh, excuse me of 7.4 points per game. So a win here clinches the AFC North for this season, keeps them on course for an opening round bye, and of course with Denver, Cincinnati, and New England all tightly bunched, getting that first round bye and playing a home game uh, is a huge advantage. So Cincinnati clearly will be motivated. Of course, Pittsburgh will still be motivated as uh, they need to be in contention for uh, the wild card. Their offense is no issue, but the defense is a concern. Uh, Looking at this contest, I'm going to look for the Cincinnati Bengals to continue to do what they've done with one of the best rosters that's got very healthy defensively. And if any team's capable and is familiar with Pittsburgh's offense and holding that offense down, it's Cincinnati. I'm going to ride with the Cincinnati Bengals at what is a reasonable, yet perhaps somewhat cheap uh, points uh, spread at minus three. If you cover up the name and you take a look at the statistics put up by the Cincinnati Bengals team, you wonder why are they only a three-point favorite. But the perception of Cincinnati as a team that can't get it done late, is what keeps this line reasonable. Andy Isco looks for the Cincinnati Bengals to improve to 11-1-1 to the spread this season. He'll side with the Bengals against the Steelers for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, a great job once again on the show. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week for all of your handicapping and Superbook contest endeavors this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you here on the show once again next week. All right, Victor, have a great week. Enjoy all the games. That was Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. As we checked in, we've got the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to put the final wraps on this show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, Victor and I, with our complimentary plays. We're back for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the show this week, and it comes directly from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. We call it Triskaidekaphobia. And for those who are not familiar with four-syllable words like Triskaidekaphobia, 
That word is simply a bad omen for the number 13. Our angle works this week. We play against any NFL non-division team in game 13 of the season. That's all back-to-back wins, with the last win being a double-digit spread win in which they scored 35 or more points if they're taking on a 333 or better opponent. These Triskaidekaphobia teams in this particular role in Week 13 are just 3-18 and 18 against the spread. When we play against them, we go 18-3 and three for an 86% winning proposition. This week, we'll play against the Seattle Seahawks for our Awesome Angle Week. Play on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports with Victor's complimentary play on the show this week. And Victor, if you would... Let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend as well. Okay, Mark, uh, the uh, service did pretty good over the weekend, particularly in our uh, big plays. Our four-star over the weekend college football was in the ACC championship, Clemson, North Carolina, over the total. That that one was pretty easy. Uh, Also, Saturday totals plays winners on Temple, Houston, under, and Georgia State, Georgia Southern, under the total. As I mentioned earlier, the Sunday NFL four-star over the week was in the Colts-Steelers game, and thanks to a punt return late in the game, we cashed that one as well. The totals tip sheet rebounded. November was not the uh, great month that we anticipated, but last week's first issue in the month of December rebounded quite nicely. The totals tip sheet had an extra bonus selection, and we had four plays overall. They went three and one. Uh, Last week was our big uh, under week in which all four selections were unders. And again, they ended up going three and one. We're pleased with those results as we head into the final week of the season. This week's issue, of course, available at playbook.com. You know, we feel pretty strongly, of course, about the Patriots-Texans game over the total on Sunday night. If we're looking for a decent under, I suggest the AFC West clash between the Chargers and and the Chiefs, and with so many injuries on the offensive side of things, this is something I have not seen, the extent of San Diego's injuries. It sure kind of looks like the Chargers are throwing in the towel these days. They scored, what, only three points at home last week. And on the other side, don't be fooled by the 34 points that Kansas City scored in their road win against Oakland because 21 of those points were directly tied to interception returns. That was a game in which uh, KC, from a statistical standpoint, basically had no business winning. Uh, Oakland held Kansas City to only 232 total yards on offense. And uh, Oakland had a fourth quarter lead in that game and obviously out-yarded the Chiefs. Oakland was the team that deserved to win that game. They didn't. But again, 21 of uh, Kansas City's points were directly tied to interception returns. So let's uh, not go overboard with the fact that the Chiefs have a great offense. Uh, There's a good chance that this game finishes just like the last three in the Kansas City-San Diego series in which all three games went under the total with an average of only 35.0 combined points per game. Of course, uh, the Chiefs are off a division road win that went over the total last week. Home favorites off a straight-up division road win that also went over the total. Like the Chiefs have gone 0-6 over-under in the last two years. And, of course, while KC is off a double-digit road win, San Diego is off an exact opposite result, a double-digit home loss, 17-3 to the Denver Broncos. That was one of our unders last week. 1-8-1 over-under last three years. Home favorites off a double-digit road win. That applies to the Chiefs. Versus an opponent, 
off a double-digit home loss. That applies to the Chargers, and that is also dependent on the over-under line at greater than 44 points. At last look, the Chiefs were favored by minus 10 in this game. Andy mentioned the big line move from 7.5 to the current number of 10. And in the month of December, that's games 13 through 16, AFC West division home favorites of 10 or less with an over-under line of 42 or more, like the Chiefs, have gone 2-11 and 11 against a fellow division opponent. Chargers, Chiefs under the total, will have a big four-star over in the NFL going this week. Market will be available at playbook.com on Friday night. Again, Patriots over the total, Chiefs, Chargers under the total are two free plays for the week. Victor King over under total plays of the week. Compliments of King Creole Sports this weekend. Be sure to join him this weekend for all of his winning selections online at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play, I want to remind our listeners out there that our friends at mybookie.ag are certainly in the holiday spirit right now. They're giving 100% sign-up bonuses to anybody that logs on to the website at mybookie.ag, enters the promo code PLAYBOOK100, or give them a call toll-free at 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387 to take advantage of your 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. It's also my fan appreciation weekend going this weekend on our late phone football services week. We got roughed up last weekend, in the, especially in the National Football League, where the underdogs did not do well. Victor was talking about that Oakland-Kansas City football game, which is one of the plays on our football card to kind of raise the hair in the back of my neck. But nonetheless, we regrouped this week with our $50 fan appreciation weekend. It'll feature my NFL Game of the Month. You can get on board by calling 1-800-321-7777 or join me for our college football bowl bonanza, which will kick off with the college football bowl games this year. We went 9-3 and three in the bowl games last year for a net profit of $1,230. Take advantage of the college football bowl bonanza and pick up a free copy of the college football bowl stat report as a no-charge bonus. Call toll-free to take advantage of all the offers at one 800 321 77. My complimentary play on the football card this week, it comes directly from the Playbook Midweek Alert newsletter this particular week. We're going to stay at home with the Jacksonville Jaguars when they play host to Indianapolis in this AFC South Division battle. It's a rematch from earlier this year when Jacksonville went to Indianapolis, lost 16-13 to in overtime despite the fact that they out the Colts over 100 yards in that particular contest. And in fact, the midweek alert is all about stats, statistics, and team efforts. And if you take a look at what the Colts have done this year, I should say what they haven't done is out-yard opponents. In their 12 football games this year, the Colts have won the stats one time. That's 1-11 in 11 in their 12 football games for the Indianapolis Colts this football season. You look at Jacksonville at home this year. In their five home games, they've only been outstatted or outyarded one time, and that was by a scant eight yards in the contest. I know everybody's in love with Matt Hasselbeck filling in for Andrew Luck, but the fact of the matter is, despite the fact that he's 4-1 and one as a starter in the fill-in role for Luck, he's been outyarded all five games well over a 100-yard average in those football games. We'll play the stats, the statistics, and the averages in this particular game. We'll stay at home with Jacksonville for our complimentary play over Indianapolis this Sunday. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'm going to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports 
Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you once again to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.